Canine Cast number 64 is brought to you by Home Again Pet Recovery Service and ID Microchips on the web at homeagainpets.com. It's the Canine Cast with Tara and Walter. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the Canine Cast. This is Tara. And hello, everyone. This is Walter with your Canine Cast recap. In case you missed the last Canine Cast, Canine Cast number 63, we had an in depth discussion about all sorts of dog careers. Plus, we had help for dogs who won't stop licking. And we had listener pictures. Thanks, Walter. Uh, tonight, we're going to be talking about an interesting new product for your pets, as well as talking a little bit about the dog sport of agility that is, you know, has become very popular with, um, with people and their dogs, and it's continuing to grow. To get started here, um, for this interesting product, Nikki sent an email to us, uh, to us about this. She says, Tara and Walter, I just saw this product on TV last night and thought I would share the link. It's another product that just might help if our pets do manage to get out and get lost. Nothing beats the microchip, of course, but this may help your average person get our pets back quicker. So she also sent the link, and we'll, of course, share that with you um, on the webpage and also in the enhanced version of the, pod, of the podcast. But basically what this is, it's called Top Tag Pet ID Tag. And essentially, it's a specialized USB drive that you can plug into your computer or anybody can really um, plug it into their computer and it holds all kinds of information for your dog. So this is a really, really neat idea. Um, your dog can actually wear it on their collar. It has, it has a special um, little tag holder and then you just pop that open to get out the USB drive. So I think, I think this is kind of a, a cool idea. It can hold just a ton of information about your dog. Um, it's, it says that the information is going to be in seven main categories, but what they have listed, listed here is, you know, basic information, their, you know, your dog's name and where they live, um, contact information for you. Then there's information about their food and their diet, their behavior and their personality, words and commands that the dog knows. Um, they, they have one category called nature's call, I guess, for if you're wanting to keep track of uh, your dog's business and what they're, you know, what business they're doing and when, um, medical information and, um, you know, photos and other information. Now, I think it's really neat that you can keep all of this information in one place on your pet. And as Nikki pointed out, it may be one way for people to get your dogs back faster because rather than, um, you know, taking them to get a microchip check, they can plug this in and see your information. On the flip side, though, they would, you know, they of course need to use the computer and this um, goes on your dog's collar. So, you know, the dog has to be wearing the collar at the time. If they slip out of it, then this won't do much, um, except for maybe somebody finds it and plugs it into your computer. They'll have pictures of your dog and know to be looking for one. But, uh, but also another thing to think about is that at the, at the same time that, um, you know, your dog gets out, you want people to be able to get in touch with you, with you and, and so on. Um, you also would want to kind of watch what information you put on there, um, just because you know you never know who's gonna who's gonna come across it or what they may use that information for. So um, you know, so it can kind of be you know def definitely some pros and cons there. But but it, it's really neat. Um, it says you know one of its features that it lists is that it gives instant access to vital and life-saving care information. So if your dog 
does have, you know, some type of a medical problem that, say, requires medication, um, you know, pretty often or would require them to be checked out by a vet right away, and you can put your vet on there and they can, you know, take your dog to the vet and make sure that your dog is, you know, taken care of right away um, upon finding your dog if your dog should, you know, get out and get lost. So that's something that's that's kind of neat. Um, so, you know, just... just uh, Something, something kind of cool to share with you all. And thank you, Nikki, for sharing it with us. Although I do have a comment. Mm-hmm. Um, just, uh, it does look like a really cool idea and a very nice tool. Um, but if you are a Mac user, it checked over the company's website. It doesn't appear that they support Mac at this time. Just uh, uh, buy everywhere on that one. But other than that, um, they do support Windows uh, Millennium through XP. Right. So, right. So you do have to have a, a PC machine or at least a machine that's capable of running, um, you know, Windows in order to be able to use it. So, um, but but anyway, like I said, a very a cool a cool ID idea for up for a product. So, and um, you know, and it, if you do use one, if you put some, uh, you know, kind of um, you know, vet related medical information in there, then that may not that may not be a bad thing either to kind of um, encourage people to get your dog back to you as quickly as they possibly can. Um, that's kind that's kind of we've talked about this before with just the normal ID tags instead of putting your dog's name to it like you know um, medicine needed or something along those lines so that you know the person kind of has that extra impetus to get your dog back to you um, quickly um, especially you know especially if your dog is a cute nice dog and they might you know otherwise hold on to it for a little while themselves um, so same same kind of thing here you can put you know that kind of information as well so another an, another little side to that feature. So thanks, Nikki, again, for sending that in to us. And then next we wanted to go on and talk about agility a little bit. Um, and and this, this is something that I've, I've wanted to do for a while, but, you know, we've gotten, you know, we, we've gotten into so many other things because there's so many topics um, that are related to, you know, dogs, just the canine world out there. But Jessica wrote in an email, and she, she specifically asked in her email, that um, she said that she is beginning her dog in agility training and asked, can you please cover agility training and fly ball in a future cast? So what I'm going to do is I'm going to leave fly ball for, for another show because going over agility will probably take quite some time. Um, so we'll just, we'll just start there since that's um, what she's beginning her dog in and talk about that just a little bit tonight. And what I would, what I would love um, to get is I know that there are, are a number of our listeners who have you know who've who've written in about their dogs and expressed that they do agility and um, you know some of them compete and some of them are starting out and there are people at just all different levels um, you know from beginners up to um, you know a listener who went to the nationals this past year so um, so it's it's really interesting you know all of the different levels that these dogs are in and that they're you know that the people are in with this sport. So I would love to get some of their takes on agility, you know, whether it be, you know, maybe their favorite training tip, their favorite agility, you know, memories, um, the things that they love about it, or even the things that they find toughest about it. And I know we have a lot of listener pictures in the listener's picture gallery of dogs doing agility. Like, it was funny because I had just loaded up the Canine Cast website earlier, and a picture of Dasher popped up, and he's jumping over a jump in the agility course, so... Send in your pictures of your agility dogs too. Yeah, and and one thing that a lot of the agility pictures tend to have in common, um, especially you know when there are ones where the where the dogs are you know really really you know in, into it in the heat of the moment, is the dogs always tend to look very very happy, or at least very you know very excited about what they're doing. 
um, you know, part of that being that agility is, you know, a very exciting dog sport. Um, it's, you know, basically the dogs are going out there, you know, to run and jump and play, which is, you know, which is part of, I think, what attracts so many people to it. Now, if you're not familiar with agility, um, basically what it is, is it's a doggy obstacle course that's laid, that's laid out. There are certain obstacles and people who train agility, part of the training is getting your dog used to all of these different obst obstacles so that they know, you know, what to do with each of them. And then you take them through this obstacle course in a certain order and it's timed. So you see people and their dogs running through the, the course, sometimes at breakneck, just amazing speeds. Um, try, and they're, they're judged on not only their speed, but also on accuracy, meaning that the dog does all of the obstacles correctly. Now, Walter had just mentioned that in this particular picture of Dasher, he was going over a jump. Now, um, for the jumps, for example, not only would the dog have to go to the, the correct jump, but the dog would also have to jump high enough to clear the jump and if the dog doesn't clear the jump the jump is made so that um, the bars that go that go across the, the dog actually jumps over will fall fair, fairly easily I mean part of that is so the dog doesn't you know catch their foot and get hurt on them but also that way if the dog doesn't clear the jump then the judges can see it and they'll you know they'll take off points or do whatever is appropriate for that particular for that particular venue um, in the trial now, there are a number of people who, who do compete, and like I said, there's, there's different levels of competition. I'll get into that a little more later. Um, a number of people who do this with their dogs just for fun, because like I said before, it's, you know, all, all these things that dogs normally love to do anyway, such as, you know, running and jumping and those kinds of things. So, um, you know, so there's many, many different ways to enjoy it. And I'd also mention different venues. Now, what I mean by that is that there are different uh, um, agility associations that hold, that hold trials or different types of competitions. And the reason why that's important, even for people that don't compete, is that um, the obstacles that I had mentioned can be slightly different depending on which venues you're talking about. For example, um, there's some, some venues, the, the American Kennel Club and the United Kennel Club, which are two big dog breed registries also have a division that does you know, different types of, of competitive dog sports, one of them being agility. Then there are also some groups um, such as the North American Dog Agility Council, um, the United States Dog Agility Association are two big ones, that they exist solely for agility competitions. And the, the rules um, that, that you find between you know, the different the, the different groups that do these, as well as the types of obstacles that you find, may differ a little bit. Um, like, like for example, in the in the United Kennel Club, I know that they have an obstacle where the dog actually crawls along on the ground. Um, and to and to my knowledge, unless they've added it, um, that's not that's not used in the American Kennel Club. Um, but some some common obstacles that you'll see just ab just about you know in any type of of agility venue are going to be, of course, the, the jumps are a big one. Um, you'll see tunnels, which are, um, you know, ba basically like basically like a series of hoops that fabric has been wrapped around for the dogs to run through. There are, um, there, there's normally a, an, well, what they call an A-frame, 
and it's it's kind of sometimes almost what it sounds like. It sits in an A, and it has a peak at the top, and it's almost like a dog kind of scrabbling up and over, up and over it, like if as if it were a wall or something like that. Um, they have a teeter totter is is a very common one, and that's exactly what it sounds like. The dog starts on one end of it that's on the ground, walks to the other side, and has to actually ride the up, uh, you know, ride on the other side as this thing moves. Um, and there are a number of other obstacles, some of them which move and some of them which don't, and um, and, it's, and it's a lot. It's a lot of fun. Now, when people start in agility with their dogs, it can, it can be very very interesting to watch. Um, to, to begin with, so far, so far as the types of dogs that can do agility, pretty much any dog can do agility. Um, the American Kennel Club only does, um, only allows um, comp- uh, competition with purebred dogs because you know, that's, that's, what, that's what they do with everything. However, um, some of the other venues, such as the United Kennel Club and the, um, the USDAA, the United States Dog Agility Association I mentioned earlier, will allow mixed breeds. So it kind so it kind of you know depends so far so far as that goes, but uh, and then all of these also have rules as to how old a dog has to be before the dog starts competing. Now, one of the reasons for the age restrictions and you know something to keep in mind is that the age of the dog can be a really really big deal. Not not so much in not so much in worrying about you know uh, dogs that are older, but for young puppies. The, the jumping and the and the turning and that kind of thing can be hard on their joints. So oftentimes it's recommended that they not really start um, you know doing doing the full jumps or the or full competition competitions or even going at competition speed until they're old enough that they're um, that their uh, growth plates have fused and that kind of thing just just so that they don't get hurt. Which isn't to say that you can't start training a, a puppy in agility. It's just that you want to do it at much lower key, and there are some obstacles that you won't do. Like, um, for example, like the A-frame that I mentioned earlier. If you're training a puppy on that, it would be almost flat on the ground. It wouldn't really be very high because that can be, you know, kind of tough on them to go up and over. The jumps would be kind of, you know, close to the ground or on the ground. So the dog's really kind of more stepping over the jump. But you know, they get the idea that there's a bar they have to go over that kind of thing. Now, so far as so far as older dogs, dogs can dogs can start agility once once they're, you know, full fully grown, fully, you know, their bones are fully fused and they're fully, you know, formed, then they can they can start at any point in time. There are dogs that, you know, that don't start until they're 5, 6 years old and go on to do agility until they're 11 or 12 and just have a great time the whole time, which is, you know, which is is absolutely wonderful. Um, and it's and it's amazing to see some of the dogs get out there and have such a good time running around and jumping and playing, and you know, and they they're just so spry, you know. But it, it may be a 12-year-old dog, so that's that's something that's very neat to see. Now, so now we've talked about you know diff- different types of dogs. It doesn't matter. It doesn't really matter the breed um, type of dog. Any dog can do agility. However, your dog's personality may affect. How you know how well they pick it up at the at the beginning? How how much they enjoy it, they enjoy it. Now, to give to give you an example, I've done agility. I've only done agility with um with the two dogs that we have now with Toby and Kyler. I actually got started in agility because Toby was such a crazy little dog and was running and jumping all the time anyway. So I figured I would just you know put that to some productive use and uh, kind of kind of try to control it. 
And he loved agility. He would go, you know, and even as we're learning the obstacles and he's seeing them for the very first time, he just couldn't, you know, wait to do whatever was supposed to do. I don't think he was ever scared of an obstacle. Um, that tends that tends to be kind of not unusual, but that's not the norm. Most most dogs, it takes them a little while to get comfortable with certain obstacles. And um, you know, even if a dog, even if a dog, you know, absolutely loves one, there may be another one that it takes them a little while. So that you know. That that's more that's more the norm. Your dog may you know absolutely love the tunnel, but not be so crazy about you know going over the jumps or going over something else where they have to walk high off the ground or whatever. Um, so so Toby Toby and I did that for a little while and trained on it and um, kind of got to the point where he knew all the obstacles and would kind of follow me around the course. And then he decided for a little while he liked to make up his own courses, which which was its own situation. Um, but then um, we, we found out that he has a problem with his leg. So at that point, we retired him from agility, even though he was really young, um, just, just because, um, as, as I brought up before with the puppies, you have to be careful that they don't, you know, that they don't hurt themselves, um, you know, because their joints aren't, aren't um, or their, their um, bones aren't fully fused and so on. Um, and it can be tough on their joints. Well, same thing. If your dog does have a problem, you know, with with their joints, then it can be it can be tough on them, and it can it can, um, you know, can make the problem a little worse. And we didn't want that to happen to Toby. So basically, we allowed him to we allowed him to keep playing on agility on a fun basis for as long as he you know as he seemed to enjoy it. But before too long, he started developing weird fears of obstacles, and and we thought he was hurting himself. So he retired. That's when Kyler started, and it was a totally different story with her. She what she um, is is kind of easily spooked, and so with with her agility was great as a huge socialization exercise to kind of build her confidence, and you know and teach her to you know to go ahead and do things that might be a little bit scary, but you know if we tell her it's okay, then it's okay, because boy at the beginning she just it, it took a very long time to get her to do the different obstacles and go through and over things. And even at the point where most of the other dogs in the class were, you know, having a great old time and were completely confident on the obstacles, you know, she would be fine. And then we'd go on the teeter-totter and it would move and she would, you know, and she would get freaked out by that. So um, with, a, with a dog that's like that, they can still do agility. And I've seen many, many dogs who um, it's taken them, it's taken them longer and, you know, it takes them a while to understand, oh, you know, this is a fun game. But basically what you do with a dog like that is you just make it your job to make it fun for the dog. Um, because it is good for the dog to build up confidence in new and different situations. So you just, you know, you bring along your treats or your toys or whatever, you know, whatever motivates your dog, whatever they like to do to have fun. And whenever, you know, whenever they do something um, with one of these obstacles, even if it's just a little something, like they approach it and smell it, then that's a really big deal. And, you know, and you, you celebrate that and you have your puppy party and you have a really, really good time to, you know, teach them that's what you want. And then, you know, maybe next time, rather than just smelling it, they'll put a paw on it. And then, well, you know, that's a big deal, too. Um, and you, you go on like this until eventually they build up the confidence to actually do the obstacle and... Um, you know, and, af and after a time, they learned that it is fun. And now Kyler and I, um, before we moved, it, it took her quite some time. But she had gotten to the point where um, she wasn't going to run at breakneck speed through the obstacle. But, you know, but if I was there and I told, you know, and I told her, oh, you know, go, 
go, you know, do this. She said, oh, okay, this is, this is fun. Um, and what I found worked with her was rather than, you know, rather than taking her, um, you know, every, every week without fail, um, we would go for a few weeks while she was having fun. As soon as it looked like, you know, it was stressing her out or she wasn't having fun, we would take a little break um, for maybe a week or two. And then when we went back, then, oh, okay, this is good stuff. And she'd be, she'd be out there and happy again. So, you know, depending on the type of dog that you have and, you know, and how well they, they take to it, you just kind of, you know, work with them to, you know, to bring the best out of them in this type of an environment. But, um, but it's, it's so neat and it's so neat to see even, you know, even with the, the different dogs, um, you know, that, that may love it, they, you know, as they, as they get better at it and they get up into these, you know, into these different levels, it becomes less about how the dog handles it and a lot more how the person handles it. Um, the, you know, and what a lot of people say basically is, you know, you, you be patient with your dog while they're learning it for the first, you know, for the first few months, and then your dog is going to be patient with you for the rest of your lifetime while, while you're trying to not make mistakes. Um, and it, and it, it is absolutely amazing. Um, some, some dogs will kind of, it, it's funny, um, dogs will react differently when the person makes a mistake, but the dogs know. Um, if a person made a mistake and some of the, you'll, you'll sit there and you'll, you'll, you know, be watching maybe, you know, a competition or people just doing this for fun or what have you. Um, and the person may get, you know, confused or go in the wrong direction or give the dog a signal the dog doesn't understand. And some dogs just kind of, you know, go with it and other dogs will turn around and just bark at their person and kind of scold them for, for messing up. So it's kind of, it's kind of funny, I guess in that way, turn, turnabout is fair play. But, um, but, but anyway, like I said, it's, it's a lot of fun. Um, it's a lot of fun to do. It's a lot of fun for people, for dogs, um, you know, all for no matter what your situation is, um, you know, with, with your dog, whether you, whether you have a dog that's crazy and needs an outlet for their energy, or you have a dog that's, you know, a little bit more withdrawn, it can be a really, really positive thing to do with your dog. Now, if you are interested in getting into agility, um, some things, some things to keep in mind, and some things to look for. I would highly recommend, um, you know, doing doing your agility training with people who know what they're doing. You know, take take a class, that kind of thing, because there are so many, um, you know, training tips and and tricks, and you know, and there there are rules also that you know may seem inconsequential when you first start out. But, you know, but, but later on, you know, the reasons are there for them. For example, for a lot, for a lot of the obstacles where the dogs actually walk on something, um, you know, contact obstacles, there will be areas of the obstacle close to the ground that are painted a different color. Normally, it's a bright yellow. And one of, one of the rules that's, that's the same throughout all of the venues is that the dog has to have their paws in that yellow area before they get off of the obstacle. And the reason why is for safety measures, because otherwise, I mean, there are dogs that will just, you know, they, they, get, so, they get so excited and they're not too good at keeping themselves safe. They'll just hop off of all kinds of places that they, that they shouldn't and could get hurt. So, you know, so one of the rules is that the dogs have to go down there. And that's, you know, and that's one of the things that, that people, you know, as they, as they get better and better, you know, they still, you know, they, they still occasionally will struggle with it. Their dog may be great at it, but then, you know, the dog gets hyped up and um, you know, jumps jumps off the wrong way one day. Um, those those kinds of things. So those are those are really important to know. Um, you know, for your for your dog's safety as what well, you know as well as you know, so that you're able to do this by by the rules and to actually train according to the different rules. 
And there are so many techniques for leading your dog around the course. I mean, you watch people do it, and it seems so effortless. They just kind of, you know, run with their dog. But when, but when it comes down to it, there are all kinds of special, you know, twists and turns and things that you actually practice the footwork for over and over and over, um, you know, in order to get that nice, smooth, easy look um, going on. So those are the things that you'll be able to, you know, to gather from class. They'll also, even if you don't have any agility equipment at home, and, you know, at the beginning you probably won't, they will have different exercises for you to do at home that will prepare your dog for whatever it needs to do in class. Now, um, in order for you to be successful in class, some things you can start right away before you even find a class, um, it's going to be very, very important that your dog has a reliable recall, or in other words, that when you call your dog to come to you, that your dog will come to you. That may, that may be the most important part of agility, um, you know, and, well, along with the most important part of your dog's life, so you can get your dog to you anytime you need to. Um, but, so that's something to work on before you start agility. Um, another one is teaching your dog to sit and to lay down on command and also to stay for at least uh, a count of five. The reason being is that in um, almost all, if not all the venues, um, there's a part, there will be a part in the obstacle where the dog has to stop and stay still um, for a count of five. And they'll, you know, they'll normally tell you either to have the dog sit have the dog lay down, or you can choose, they'll count to five before your dog goes on. So your dog has to not only be able to sit and lay down and stay for a count of five, they have to be able to do that in the middle of being super duper excited and running around, which can be really, really hard, especially when there's lots of distractions going on. So that's something else to work on with your dog. And when you have, you know, when you have a pretty reliable um, sit, stay, down, stay, a very reliable recall where your dog will come to you, um, you know, those are, those are some things that will really, really help you as you get started in agility. Um, now, um, when, you, when you go as well, another thing to keep in mind is that in, in this venue, there will be lots of dogs running around really, really hyped up and really, really excited. When that happens, that can, that can lead to some aggression. Um, now, of, cor of course, if there are, you know, if there are dogs there that are already dog aggressive, and, you know, and some people do, do indeed do agility with dogs that are dog aggressive. Um, you're going you're gonna to want to keep in mind that, you know, that that, you know, that not only where there, may there be dogs there that are like that normally, but, you know, this, this, you know, excited state really, really heightens that. In addition, there are some dogs who under normal circumstances will be completely friendly and happy to play with other dogs, but they get so very, very excited as they are, you know, as they're running around this, you know, this obstacle course and playing the game that it, you know, kind of gets them agitated to the point where they will, you know, kind of become aggressive towards other dogs that are there in their way. So when you're in class, at the very beginning, um, you'll probably, they'll probably have everybody keep their dogs on the leash with them. So, you know, so at that point, just, you know, just kind of watch out, you know, that while you're watching the teacher, your dog isn't off, you know, trying to interact with somebody else that maybe they, you know, they shouldn't be or such. I mean, it's just try to keep your dog with you. And also that'll be good to keep your dog's focus on you just, you know, as a, as a training aid anyway. So um, then later on, as the dogs be, start um, coming off lead in order to go around the course, meaning that you take your dog off the leash, um, it's very, very important that you are out of the way of the other dogs, either, um, you know, behind, behind a fence or something to where if, you know, if another dog should come over to your dog, you can, you know, you're either have something in between you or you can get your dog out of the way. 
um, nice little story for you. Um, the the only time I've ever seen Kyler um, being well being in a situation where she had to to protect me, um, but you know, but but switch from her normally very laid back, very sweet mode. I mean, Kyler when dogs growl at her, she thinks that means to play. Normally, um, it's actually kind of scary, but you know, um, but that but that's okay. That's her personality. We know that. Well, one time we were um, we were you know off playing agility. And there was a dog, which was, you know, nor under normal circumstances, a very nice, very friendly dog, but, you know, was running the agility course. And this dog would get so, you know, so excited while he was running that he would start growling, just in general, mm -hmm. um, not necessarily at anybody. However, on this particular day, he, he had kind of taken, you know, taken off, decided to make up his own course. And, the, you know, his, his person is running along behind him trying to get his attention. Meanwhile, he decided that his course consisted of running towards me while growling. Um, and Kyler put herself in between us and growled right back, which I'd never, ever seen before. Um, so, you know, just so you know, these situations, you know, can happen. So be prepared so that you can take care of your dog. What I did was I lifted Kyler up and we went and, you know, to another place that I thought was a little bit more safe for her. And everybody was fine. But, you know, but my, but my point being that, you know, this can be, um, you know, a very, very, very exciting, but also very agitating for your dogs at the same time. All right. So these are, you know, just, just some of the, you know, the interesting things that you can run into in the, in the world of agility. Um, it's, it's a, it's a lot, a lot of fun. So, you know, I, hi I highly recommend that, you know, if, if it's something that you're interested in, that you do go, you know, try, try a class, um, you know, see, see how much you like it. And, you know, some people get bitten by the bug and just, you know, can continue on um, and do it for, for long, long amounts of time. And we, you know, I'm kind of, I'm kind of looking around now to try to find, you know, a good place to take Kyler again so she and I can get started. I think she's been away from it for long enough now that she'll be very excited when we can return to that world. Um, so I could, and I could go on and on about, you know, getting into competitions and, and, um, you know, all kinds of different things, which I may in a future show, but for right now, I've kind of talked for a while about agility, just giving you all an overview. So, you know, I, you know, I recommend that if you're interested in it, you know, check it out occasionally on TV, especially on Animal Planet, you can find, you know, different, different trials that are going on, different competitions that can be pretty exciting to watch. Um, I know that the nationals were on TV. Um, uh, about a month and a half ago, and we missed them, unfortunately. So if you do, you know, if you do happen to see that, or if you're interested, then I highly recommend um, that you check out. It's a great, it's a great and fun dog sport for people and the dogs alike. So thanks, Jessica, for sending in that email. And like I said, we'll go into fly ball, you know, on on another show coming up soon here. So now we're going to take a quick break for a message from our sponsor. As a bloodhound, I have a pretty good sense of smell. Right now, I can smell a seven-ounce filet with hollandaise sauce about four miles from here. Mmm, I love filet. I think I'll go see if they have any left over. You don't think your dog will run away? Your dog might think differently. One in three pets will get lost. Without ID, 90% won't return home. That's why vets recommend the Home Again Microchip, a safe, permanent ID that can bring your pet home. Talk to your vet about Home Again and visit homeagainpets.com. And thanks to our sponsor, Home Again. And now it's time for listener pictures. Here's a picture sent in from Michael of his dog, Colby, who is a recent adoptee. Michael says he's a rescue from Hurricane Katrina that made it all the way out to California. Colby was a name he was given at the shelter, Michael says, and so far it has stuck. 
Colby's either a Weimaraner or mostly a Weimaraner, and he has a blue coat, and he doesn't have a docked tail, Michael reports. And he also says that there's lots of training ahead, especially now that he's almost 90 pounds. Look at that dog. It's very, very pretty. And yeah, very, very big dog. So I'll bet you'll have lots of fun doing training with them. And if you want to see a picture of Colby, you can check it out at caninecast.com or on your color iPods. So thanks, Michael, for sending in the picture of Colby. He's really, really pretty. And I'll bet you'll have lots of fun with the training. Um, 90 pounds is a big dog. and I'm sure he'll do great. So thank you so much, everybody, for joining us once again for a canine cast. And we love getting to share our listener pictures with you, as well as you know, questions and feedback and stories that come in from you, our listeners. So you know, please keep sending those in to us. They just like brighten our day and put smiles on our faces whenever we see them. So we will be coming back again next week with another show. But until then, if you haven't already, please remember to spay or neuter your dog. It's the best thing you can do for your furry friend. If you have a question for Tara or a comment about CanineCast, please send an email to caninecast at gmail.com or you can leave a voicemail at 206-338-DOGS and you can leave a comment on our website at caninecast.com.